Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. On today's episode, we're recapping our experience at Fan Expo Canada 2023. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. It's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things geek-centric. Joining me for This Week in Geek, he's always got the high ground, but he's not afraid to get down with some turtles. He's Justin the Ooze-loving Lawrence. Another year has come and gone, and Fan Expo has closed out the hot geek summer. Of 2023. Uh, it feels like that. It feels it? like it. It's, it's like another, another is, year. Yeah. Another year. <laughs> another year. Another, another bucket of ooze. Uh, but next up, he's he's always looking svelte, donning his latest Roosevelt. He's Darcy the Dapper Who, loving Hudson. Dapper Who? Is this just like an alternate universe where there's just a guy who goes around giving fashion advice and that's how he <laughs> saves the world? I love that idea. <laughs> Can we make that a show? I would watch that for sure. Uh, but last and certainly not least, he's never Kevin alone when he's spilling hot chili like Kevin Malone. He's Kevin, <laughs> the office hottie Hudson. Well, Fan Expo, as Oscar Isaac said in X-Men Apocalypse, I have returned. It was it was good to get back in the Expo swing of things after missing it last year. It was uh, a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> listen, I wanted to start off kind of just doing a quick roundtable here and, and just talking about the convention in, in general, uh, kind of your high level thoughts on this year's Fan Expo in comparison to previous years. Uh, Kevin, starting with yourself, what did you think of Fan Expo 2023? Uh, you know, I, I might be coming from a place of extreme bias because my last one uh, that we did together was right in, you know, right as COVID was starting to slow down. But there were so many measures in place and, you know, no seating at panels and, and very oh. limited interactions, very few vendors. So this was a compl- an entirely uh, different world, almost, uh, seemingly from the last time I went. This They really really stepped up their game I thought uh we're gonna you know get a chance to talk about some of the really cool things we got to see and do but I was really impressed uh from uh the vendors were all back uh and there seemed to be a lot of new ones that we hadn't seen before as well as some familiar old ones uh but just like the interactions and exhibits and and things we got to see and and hang out and do it was it was awesome this was this felt like Comic Con level almost, you know, uh, which I, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm saying comparatively to to years in the past, this sure, felt like compared the to the year of no seats. expo, but even, yes. even you know the the few I've been in in the past, this felt like a step yeah. up for Fan Expo, and I thought that was really great to see. Very cool. Yeah, I, I think the the main difference from from past years is not even vendors. Uh, there was more of a studio presence. Uh, mm. You know, we had a, a big yeah. uh, a big paramount presence there was a a disney presence uh an amazon prime presence was was at this this fan expo uh there was no hasbro there was no gamestop uh you know i think 2019 was the last time that we saw those big named vendors uh kind of show up and and you know really you know take over the show if you will but this felt uh inherently different and i think you're right kevin it felt very comic-con-esque it it felt like a way for these studios and these platforms to showcase the properties and the things that they they have going on while you know there's a writer strike and an actor strike going on uh the only one that i was surprised is that we didn't see netflix you know netflix has a pretty big Canadian presence and I was surprised to see that there was no Netflix uh, at, at this uh, exhibition um, but overall I think yeah I think that that, that the sentiment of very Comic-Con-esque yes there was a very big studio focus this time uh, and and not as many panels not as many uh, discussions but I was I was very pleasantly surprised to see how many studios invested and, and actually took the time to create sort of uh, very fan-centric experiences mm-hmm. for this expo. 
Yeah, Darcy. I mean, we saw a lot of straw hats running around. Uh, we saw a so lot of many. we saw a lot of uh, banners uh, for One Piece. I think it would have been a phenomenal, like you're saying, Justin, a phenomenal opportunity. Imagine for having Netflix the boat there to get in. I... The boat would have been incredible, Darcy. <laughs> yeah, I would not have thoughts. left that. I would not have left that Netflix booth if that was the case. By the way, you <laughs> would have dragged me away. There. I would have, yeah, 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 I would have been my happy place for for four days. Yeah, Forget yeah. about what you got to do on the weekend. I'd be there the entire time. But uh, yeah, no, it was yeah. The experiences felt bigger. And just the the atmosphere was it. There was no like the lines weren't as bad. Maybe it's because there wasn't wasn't as many panels, but it never felt overly crowded. When well, we, we were did there. miss Saturday, so I did miss yeah. Saturday. Oh, Saturday, just to clarify. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will say that. But even then, the, the Thursday and Friday felt like there were things to do, and it wasn't just like an er- before the show. It felt like the show had started off with a bang, and, and it kept going from there. After again with all these studio presences and all the experiences, it it was different from the past because. The first day we spent more time looking at these experiences and booths as opposed to just walking around talking to, you know, artists or vendors. So it yeah. was interesting fact that we like we spent a whole day without even setting foot in artists alley, which for our group is, is a very odd circumstance. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean there was there were you know, it was lovely to to still see artist alley hustling and bustling. Oh yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I think I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, I think it, it's it's for me, I think it's starting to feel like a, it's coming back to form. Um, it's still missing a, a big element that uh, I I really miss as a gamer. And I, you know, we got we had a chance to speak with um, Aaron uh, Caboose. He's a YouTuber. Uh, you can check him out on on YouTube. You'll find him instantly. Um, but uh, but he mentioned something, and I had I totally have to agree. I think the fact that they're still missing the gaming opportunities uh, for this convention is, is a really big miss. And I, I have mm-hmm. such fond memories of trying dreams or PSVR for the first time, right? Like playing beat saber for the first time um, or insomniac Spider-Man for the first time. Uh, and I know controllers and especially things like VR at a convention is something that, you know, now it, we all really have to be wary of given COVID and given the pandemic. But I, I would hope that, you know, some hand sanitizer and, and you know, they, they, they think they could find a way to bring back the gaming scene a little for bit sure. more. You know, Intel, AMD were there with some streamers. They were raising money for charity, which is absolutely fantastic. But that entire sort of section is kind of a blink and you miss it. It's, it's off to the right side uh, of the South Building. And it just I think that they they could have done a little bit more to uh, to, to, to get gamers kind of uh, excited for, for this year's convention. Well, like to the point of what you're saying, you know, they 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 just added a streaming section, or or sorry, a a uh, gaming section that allowed people to just interact with each other by by playing one another and and playing online. It was sponsored by Bell, and you know, it it, it there it was there. But to your point, what was missing were those vendors. Like, where was Nintendo? Right. You know, PlayStation was there promoting Spider-Man, but it wasn't like you said, it wasn't interact as interactive. There was a photo op oh. that you could see the, the, the new controller or, or the customized uh, uh, plates for the PS5. That's about it. You know, it was a little soft. So, like, I absolutely agree. I think that the, the we're in 2019. We got to play Spider-Man one. Right. We got to play. Uh, parts of Nintendo. Nintendo had a huge presence. There was a big ass like cube on the top that just said Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation had the VR. Everything was there. It's just it feels like it feels like gaming has definitely taken a step back when they should be looking at this because as far as I know, E3 is no longer a thing, right? Like, oh, absolutely, there's, right? Yeah, there's so a like, big opportunity, especially, and there always has been an opportunity in Canada, and that's kind of where Fan Expo sort of felt. Right. Kind of like they were able to fill a little bit of that void for us. Sure. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a thing where it's like Nintendo didn't really put an offer in. They don't have anything to promote. Uh, You know what I mean? They're going to probably maybe wait till next year. Who knows? I I get that, you know, when vendors come in like that or like a Hasbro or something like that, you know, it's it's to promote and do certain things. So. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a shame, but I hope that they can they can fix that in the future. And I mean, I'm shocked to your point that we're what three months out from Spider-Man Two being released. That is the perfect chance to to yep. do that f- debut demo. That would have been massive. That would have been the biggest line of the weekend, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have been a, a really happening. Maybe spot, though, so. to to ca- to to Nate's point with the pandemic still kind of. L- you know, virus and stuff like that. It's just a lot of maintenance to have to like, okay, you're coming in or maybe you have to book time slots. They probably could. That's could what have they've done in the past, this. Justin. They yep, booked yep. time slots. And it was it, honestly, it was some of the most 
like organized experiences I've ever had at a con. It could, was, it was, could definitely be that way. Slots, yeah. And then they allowed the time to to maintain the controls and clean things up. And but yeah, it's it's a total missed opportunity in my opinion. And you know, just to talk about the hand sanitizer thing, one of the the experiences we were at was a very hands on experience. And the first thing they had you do was put give a good scrub down with hand sanitizer before you can approach this thing. So I mean, it's not like I could use hand sanitizer after that experience. <laughs> For sure. Uh, well, let's let's talk about that experience and the other experiences that we got to check out. Um, you know, in terms of these these installations that we mentioned, uh, we're going to kind of focus on South Building here. For those who don't know or have never attended the convention in uh, in Toronto, at the you know the MTCC is split up into two main halls: North Building, South Building. Uh, North Building, you're going to see a lot of exhibitors and retailers selling their wares, uh, and as that's also where all the celebrity signing booths and photo ops take place. Um, and you know, we had fun chatting with our friends at Layered Butter. Shout out to Layered Butter, uh, Toronto Collective, uh, and Roosevelt's for the first time uh, in Canada uh, in the North Building. Um, but uh, but we spent the majority of our time uh, at the various activations and uh, and with the artists in Artist Alley in South Building. So let's let's kind of start there uh, and talk about the heavy hitters this year. Justin, you already mentioned them: Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime. Uh, let's kind of go around. Kevin, for yourself, which one would you say you enjoyed the most? Uh, I mean, I got to live out my cowboy fantasy. I got to put my, put my, <laughs> you know, my cowboy boots on and be uh, Kevin Costner in the Yellowstone Ranch. <laughs> that was a very cool little uh, setup they had. Uh, I think Paramount did a terrific job with the three um, sets if you will, that they did have four sets, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a really terrific job. But for me, I'll, I'm going to go with Yellowstone just because that was a lot of fun, even though Nate uh, ruined ruined our group photo by not uh, <laughs> not smiled. getting the vibe of what Yellowstone Yeah, you smiled, man, we're cowboys. Cowboys don't smile. Thinking back to what yeah. I'm thinking, we all should have said rip as the photo yeah. was being taken, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Justin, I know, you know, um, Kevin had mentioned uh, some, some hand sanitizer, uh, yep. usage um, for yourself what was uh, what was your favorite part of these these three installations I loved um, the Ahsoka booth I thought mm-hmm. it was really great to see actual props from the show uh, in the space like that 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 that's effort in my opinion it's there's a lot of effort obviously in Paramount what, what Paramount did but to get those props over here to 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 create like this sort of like mini museum in the building Yes. And like to create these sort of like mini museum experience where you can see it, um, it it may just seem like, okay, they're just these things kept in glass and you get to ooh and ah at them. But it's pretty cool that they went to that effort to bring those elements to Fan Expo. So I appreciated that, you know, Disney and and Lucasfilm, they made that happen. Uh, Cool little photo op, which uh, well, that was that was pretty cool there as well. Uh, But no, I, I think. The, you know, you, you look at something like what Paramount Plus did with their Paramount Lodge and you really see this sort of um, here's all of our, our main things that we're, we're super excited about uh, that we have on our platform, which is Yellowstone, Twisted Metal and, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, you know, Star Trek and, and SpongeBob. So, you know, to see, you know, these these uh, larger than life turtles in their little uh, you know, vignette, if you will, their little setup within the lodge. It was pretty cool. It was it was pretty dope. Uh, I definitely bought some toys later um, <laughs> because of what what was there because it was definitely a a, to- a toy showcase. Um, it's kind of a toss up between the Disney Plus Ahsoka booth and and the turtles. Well, and just speaking of the turtles, how sick is that new toy line? It is so mm-hmm. reminiscent of the one based on the the uh, early 90s cartoon show that I had. And yep. so, like, to see a new turtle van and a new turtle layer playset, like, it yeah, was yeah. like, oh, man. They riffed, I, they riffed on, the, on the old school style, and they just updated it with all the... The new stuff, which is again, it just just like the movie, it plays into the nostalgia. So I think it was really important for them to have that presence uh, and to be celebrating the success of that movie because that movie is is definitely doing well um, with with turtle fans and just fans in, in general. Um, so it was great to see that again. Just the commitment that like uh, that's a word I'm going to use a lot is like with, with with all three of these booths, they committed. They mm-hmm. like they like they didn't sell short. Like again, I use the Nintendo reference from 2019. Right. And, you know, big, big epic presence. And then I think it was last year. uh, It was just a fold up table. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo had that was they were on their way out. 
Yeah, I was when it was crazy to see, right? <laughs> like it was absolutely crazy to see. So you know, there you have no effort. Here you have effort beyond anything with the uh, Ahsoka booth presented by Disney Plus, uh, the Paramount Lodge, and the Prime uh, photo booth ops. So yeah, kudos to all three of them. And uh, and I'm glad we went when we did. Um... Like that Thursday preview day is awesome. The crowds are so small. The lines are shorter than they'll be for the rest of the weekend. I mean, just going past those booths on on the Friday, the lineups were were significantly longer. So it definitely paid to go as early as we did, specifically when it came to the turtles and the fact that they brought a friggin' bucket of ooze that we got to interact with. <laughs> yeah. But by Friday, that thing was mangled up pretty good. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy we saw it when we did before. Uh, people like me went in there and just absolutely destroyed it because I definitely <laughs> played a part in ruining that prop, and I am sorry uh, about that. <laughs> Darcy, how about yourself? I mean, yeah, it's, it was cool to see everything. Again, like you're saying, the, the, Justin, the commitment that they went to, it was incredible. The fact that Prime did not one, but three separate photo offs for their, their, their you know, properties that they're promoting right now for new seasons and stuff like that was really cool to see. I will say that sometimes those cameras aren't the best at capturing no, stuff. So maybe they are ask awful. them to take a yeah. photo with your phone too, just to make sure you get the right shot. But Thank yes. you. Yes. Other than that, it was really cool. Again, the props that they, they, they give you and I interact with, it makes you feel like you're part of these worlds that we already know oh, and love. Yeah. And that's what makes it feel like like one of these Comic-Con things where, or, or a celebration type thing where these experiences that they're putting on are are inviting you into the worlds that we've already loved. So that was, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see it from all three, uh, you know, uh, companies so that was again a, a return to form in, in a way at least yeah and shout out to to you know all three of these installations for give sort of giving you something to that you can kind of have and take home and yeah. um even just the littlest things like i think the 360 video uh from the ahsoka uh installation awesome. is fantastic i'm so excited justin for for everyone to see it hopefully we can get that up on our socials uh soon after um, but I also wanted to mention and shout out, you know, we got some pins, uh, we got some turtle pins, we got, you know, we got a, a pin from, I guess that's the symbol of the someone's house from, from that show you love. Yeah, that's that's the, that's, for the it's show. like basically the Yellowstone brand, which all of the ranch hands who work for uh, okay. Kevin Costner, they get that branded on them. So that's Kev, Kev has one know, on his ass. A, a far more pain-free <laughs> uh, way to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm more committed than most. But now <laughs> yeah. everybody can. He, can he went home, took the pin, heated brand. it up, and just. Um, <laughs> I, I will say though, I think my favorite thing that was a giveaway uh, for the boys for the new season. Oh yeah, uh, Amazon so Prime, cool. really, really smart. They gave away a uh, pen. Uh, that looks like a syringe uh, that's filled with uh, with with V, uh, and it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, I, I'm really digging it. <laughs> just just on that note, you know, I, I am totally with Darcy. Uh, you know, those photo booths, I, I get it. It's it's press and it's done, um, but it, it does not it does not yield good photos. Uh, I also think like the placement of certain things uh, just didn't <laughs> yield great photos. So the photographer I think, and Justin's coming he, out. <laughs> well, I just feel like, again, it's, it's so, I get it. I get that the person that's standing there, that's kind of bringing the people up. Uh, we saw it throughout the, throughout even just that preview day, certain people were just standing there and they would offer to take a picture or there's a f- bloody camera and they just tapped a button and it was a photo booth and it shoots out a picture. Right. Yeah. Um, some of it worked. Some of it didn't work. You know, Paramount, I think had a bit more of a, a sense of how, how to actually utilize that technology properly. Uh, whereas I think prime was just like, these were big epic set pieces, right? Like it would have been cool to have like a photographer stationed at each of them that felt a little bit more interactive and dynamic so you could get angles, right? And stuff like that rather than just a flat shot. But I get it. It's it's one of those things. That is my general nitpick about the prime booth. But again, like we were saying, the 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 experience itself, the fact that they committed, that's that's I guess enough in real lot of gateways. So Yeah, and I'm you know, for our listeners listening, I'm flashing my uh wheel of time ring mood ring that nice. i got and it's actually Spiffy. honestly it's actually not too bad um but no i think <laughs> i think i think um this was you know these were a lot of fun and and i would hope that we would be able to see you know even more and again hopefully from you know a company like netflix and what have you uh in in the future um and yeah getting again getting to see those props from ahsoka up close and personal as we're watching the show weekly we've got our watch club going on a uh, little plug there um <laughs> and getting to see the actual puppet Lothcat. i was like how do i take this 
home. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then we also got a chance to um, ask the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Mutant Mayhem uh, a very important Canadian question. Um, and so, if you want to, uh, you know, sort of see what we asked and see their response, um, you'll definitely have to check that out on our socials. Little tease for you. Um, but let's let's talk about some of the panels uh, and guests that we got to see this year. Um, I'm going to kick it off and just say, you know, super proud of the movie podcast. Shout out to the movie podcast. Um, you know, day one, we had the chance to check out the movie podcast live with Jay McCarroll, uh, who composed the music for BlackBerry. Um, and it was awesome to see those guys now in their second mm-hmm. year at the convention in partnership with Sonar. Uh, they talked to Jay about his experiences uh, on Nirvana, the band, the show. Am I getting that right? Or is it Nirvana? Correct. Yeah, Nirvana, the band, the show with Matt Johnson. Um, and as well as his, you know, he talks about his love for John Williams and what inspired him to become a composer. Uh, and one of my favorite little tidbits from the the panel that we got to see, which you can check out on their YouTube page as well. I'm not going to spoil everything from this panel, but he did tell a story uh, about how during production of the show, uh, they snuck a fake exhibit into the Royal Ontario Museum. <laughs> and actually like broke into it and stole something and then apparently like a bystander who wasn't even supposed to like be part of the movie or anything just like grabbed Matt by the neck and started strangling him uh and so apparently they got in a lot of trouble (laughs) for that um it made me you know watching this panel really made me want to check out Nirvana the band the show have any of you guys watched Nirvana Nirvana the band the show I I know I have seen it I have not I have not watched it like to its fullest but I know what it is because uh, obviously, with Matt Johnson coming out to do uh, BlackBerry and the friendship that he has with Jay, and and obviously now with the the movie podcast guys uh, doing this panel interview with him, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, there's a lot of resurgence of it because yeah. it, it just creates the relevancy. Um, but yeah, I think it's it, you know it's great to see these guys. You know, they they did one in March. The movie podcast did a, a panel in March. Uh, we were un, unable to see that. It was great to see this one and catch it. Uh, in, in all honesty, I wasn't there for the entire thing because there was another panel right after that I we needed to get into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was far more thing. But I loved the little tidbit of of in that while we were there learning that uh, uh, Matt Johnson and Jay McCarroll, what they did is they actually created a a storyboard animatic of the entire blackberry movie which uh we gotta which, watch that somehow yeah, yeah. so that it's awesome. it's just drawings and them voicing the characters and doing everything and and he and he says like it's it's just so enlightening to to see your movie come to life before it actually comes to life so totally yeah no again it was it was a blast to sort of again see see these guys and see uh you know i i'm excited to see who they get for the next time that they do a panel um mm-hmm. but the panel that we had to to dip uh, and go to um, and and rush to um, the beautiful Kevin and Darcy stayed in line for us. Um, there was a mix up where you know someone might have thought we could get out of line and get in, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we had the chance to um, to check out a galactic conversation with Ashley Eckstein, uh, James Arnold Taylor, and Matt Lanter, the voices of Ahsoka, Obi Wan, and Anakin Skywalker for the Clone Wars animated series. And this was awesome to get to see and hear the three of them. Uh, such a fantastic way to look back at the experiences as we move forward with the character of Ahsoka uh, weekly. Um, couple of like little fun facts that we learned during the uh the panel i will say you know uh, obviously they can't really talk about upcoming stuff or or ongoing stuff or anything like that well that was interesting Um, that you know we we had a huge question mark about how that was going to be handled yeah um and sure enough uh for two of the panels that we went to there was sort of a opening disclaimer to uh you know kind of say don't ask any questions about True. future projects, which I think is is great. So, you know, at least gave people the foresight of understanding that, yes, there is a strike going on and that, that there's certain things that they can't talk about. Um, but what they did talk about was tons of fun. Yeah, they, you know, I think it yielded the ability for certain questions that you would never even think to ask these yeah. people. Like we learned that Ashley Eckstein's favorite song is The Middle by Jimmy Eat World, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is very fitting. For for Ahsoka being in the middle, She's right? In the middle. Um, yeah. And then Kevin, you'll dig this, dude. Her husband, uh, David Eckstein, uh, was playing for the Blue Jays back in two thousand eight when uh, when when Clone Wars uh, debuted, and there was no such thing as Star Wars nights during the baseball games. 
Uh, and apparently Ashley Eckstein is the one pretty much responsible for Star Wars Nights becoming a thing. Have you had a chance oh, to go to a Star cool. Wars Night? I actually have not been to a Star Wars Night in Toronto. I have um, at a couple other ballparks during my my touring. Um, but I uh, know I know they do it every year. The commercials are some of my favorite uh the commercials leading up to it, they uh, they generally have a lot of fun with those, and they're pretty creative and funny. Um, but no, yeah, David Eckstein was a a pretty. He only played for uh, about half a season before getting traded at the uh, trade deadline in his season that he was playing with us. Uh, but he was a good he was a good player. Dope, dope. That's a little bit of baseball side <laughs> from from Kevin. I love it. Um, and then Matt Lanter discussed how he originally auditioned. Get this, Darcy, for a character named Deke Skykiller. Um, which like, that's, that's, I mean, if you think if it's Deke Skykiller, you're like, it's probably Star Wars. Um, but he talked about how coming into the role of Anakin, he borrowed inflections from Hayden Christensen, but never tried to copy his sound. But then James Arnold Taylor, who's a veteran of voice acting, uh, he was asked to sound exactly like Ewan McGregor as much as possible. <laughs> um, and then, you know, over a hundred episodes, he was able to add himself, but he, he mentioned a quote where it was, I can't, it was something like, and I might butcher it, but he's like, if Christopher Walken was asked to voice a cow, it should, uh, it should sound like Christopher Walken voicing a cow. Whereas if he's asked to voice a cow, it should sound like a cow. And then he went on to go, Mo, <laughs> it, it was the best Christopher Walken doing a cow uh, ever. Um, and, you know, Justin, I know you were up uh, sort of filming and capturing anything. Was there mm. anything that you took away from this panel as well? Well, I really enjoyed how the the whoever asked that question. It was it was great to. I think it might have been the actual panel host, um, but the the idea that you know Matt Lanter doesn't have to really do much to try to sound like Anakin, but it's entirely integral for James Arnold Taylor has to sound identical to Ewan McGregor, which he's <laughs> he's done voice work apparently in the past for Ewan McGregor on other things, so yeah. it only made sense and. I don't know. He he says he he found a balance between doing Ewan and doing Alec Guinness, which obviously Ewan was already trying to do Alec Guinness, but made it his own. So, you know, his Alec Guinness, when you see old Obi-Wan later in like Rebels, uh, it's like spot on. So good. How he nails Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness. Uh, uh, he is it's it's perfect. It's it's so good. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the fact that he, he found a way to create a, his own Obi-Wan voice by merging the two of them together, uh, and, and making something unique. So it's really cool to learn that. The last neat thing that I just want to quickly mention with, with Ashley, uh, we learned that Ahsoka was originally going to die in Clone Wars, mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy. Um, apparently Ashley said that there were so many people during like season five season six that were coming up to her and just asking her when is ahsoka gonna die which like as <laughs> as the actor for ahsoka that you've come to like love and create this character the the oh, having people come up to you over and over and over again being like when's your character gonna die uh, to the point where even dave filoni pulled her aside and said hey snips i have a theory on how ahsoka dies ventress kills her uh which would have been crazy um but she had mentioned how after ahsoka walked away from the jedi order that it gave her a chance at surviving. Uh, and mm -hmm. how with Rebels, it eventually turned into everyone asking, where's Ahsoka? How does Ahsoka live? Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. that's such a lovely sort of story to sort of to, to hear of this, this person who developed this character, who cares so much about this character. And hearing Ashley talk about her experiences, it's just like, you, you can't help but fall in love with her. Right. And in relation to what we were talking about before with... You know, Matt Lanter just kind of doing his own thing, but sounding like Anakin and, you know, uh, James Taylor just, you know, bringing together the voice of, of Obi-Wan from from past performances. You know, Ashley was encouraged to just be herself, to sound like herself, to to just to, you know, almost think for herself as Ahsoka. And I think that, you know, that's sort of uh, that's an empowering part of the whole story of of Ahsoka and, and to see where she is now and where she's landed and how much she shaped the character and how much she cares for that character as you know as she, her, she continues to you know be a part of Star Wars so I absolutely love that you know she's wholeheartedly Ahsoka is Ashley oh 100 percent 100 percent and and uh the, oh I forgot to mention they did give away uh some free prints 
uh, by artist Danny Haas uh, called Loyalty Means Everything. It's got Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Rex on it. Uh, And we were allowed to use Darcy's uh, poster tube because we managed to steal him uh, (laughs) an extra one. Um, But but let's get to this next panel that we had during that day. And I kind of want to kick it off to Kevin, our own Kevin, uh, because we got to check out the team up with Brian Baumgartner, uh, Kate Flannery, and Leslie Baker, Kevin Malone, Meredith Palmer, and Stanley Hudson for the off uh, from the office. This was this was such a treat, Kevin. What were some of your takeaways from this one? Yeah, this was this was great. What it, uh, what is Brian Baumgartner? Hi, hello. <laughs> uh, that's that's my very bad uh, Kevin impression. Um, uh, but no, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I will say. I wish it was more of a moderated discussion, um, sort of controlled a bit more by the moderator rather than being entirely Q&A with uh, the fans. I know that's a really cool opportunity for people to get to talk to these characters who they're absolutely in love with and have been watching for, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, But it can get a little... Oh yeah, maybe repetitive. There's some bad questions, you know. Even even the three, you could tell we're like, oh, can you stop asking questions like this? We don't want to answer those. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but no, I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, I know basically every piece of trivia about the filming of the show that there is to know. So it's tough for me to learn, um, you know, new things. Uh, but it was fun to hear these stories that I'm familiar with again from th- you know the people playing these characters directly. So uh, overall, I think it was a, a really fun uh, chat, a really fun discussion. Uh, it's crazy to think that The Office will be 20 years old next year. That wow. is absolutely mind-boggling, and that it's been off the air for you know nine uh, plus years at this point. That's absolutely insane. Um, but I haven't done a uh, I haven't done one of my uh, rewatches in a few years, and uh, this weekend definitely got me thinking uh, I might have to slap that on in the background while I'm working and 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 do another run through because it's been a while and uh, I love the show. So no, I think it was overall it was really really cool. I think it was really neat to see how, like they were talking about how how much they were able to how the writers were inspired by their own lives to bring them into the character and and what wasn't really lining up with what they do at all like again Brian Baumgartner getting all those the, the basketball episode he was just shooting shooting hoops because there was a hoop to play with and that was all one take but he has never picked up an instrument in his life don't ask him to carry a tune so it's it was funny to see how <laughs> much Kevin is Brian how. Kevin is different from him. I also like the fact that he one of his stories was the fact that he only recently realized that nameplates don't work where they face you. They're meant to face away from you so <laughs> yeah. they, they know who they're approaching. So that was that. a really fun story to hear from from yeah. his lips. And again, yes. and Kate Flannery was having so much fun too. Just, you know, you can see how much how much love she has for the character and how she loves the fans, love Meredith and all her quirks and eccentricities. It was so good. So yeah, good. the fact that her favorite moment is to get hit by a car, I think. Yeah, is, yeah. Is pretty <laughs> iconic. Um, but, you know, from 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 hearing uh, Brian go, did I stutter? Like, that was <laughs> yeah. that was pretty dope. Like, I, I, I laughed well, my ass Well, because he, he mentioned, or somebody had mentioned how Kevin uh, or Brian was originally auditioning for Stanley. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. I love that. Yeah, so yeah. Good. I thought that was really great. Um, you know, shout out to the kid who asked like I think a question. The the first kid was was you know funny, but he was oh no, he annoying. got he went from uh, no. cute and funny to like cocky and annoying, annoying really quickly. really quick. <laughs> yeah, but the <laughs> other kid that came that kid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other kid that came up towards the end asked a really great really question good. like which character do you you know that from the show do you find you know incredibly annoying that you wouldn't actually hang out with but is played by someone that is genuinely like really nice you know and so people shouted out steve carell obviously at at helms as well uh for for being you know outstanding people uh but the characters that they played as andy and and michael were (laughs) were just awful um so i i think that 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 you know those those little insights fun ways to ask the questions it it makes for interesting but i i agree kevin i think a, a more moderated like a half and half would have probably been great where yeah. it was like half moderated and then giving time for questions um but that said we did get some 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 fun questions there some of them did become a little bit repetitive you know like you know how do you not break character how do you not break character i think we i heard that like three times and you know it's hard to kind of navigate those things and i get it if you're in the line it's like oh my question's already been asked but i'm going to ask it anyways again uh but maybe switch it up and you you don't really do it that well so i don't know uh but yeah it was it was still great to see them come together and and sort of 
you know, share the experience of what it was like to be on The Office. Well, and, and, and I'll give a shout out to the fan who uh, who uh, went up and said, thank you all for coming today. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> that was excellent. That was well done. <laughs> yeah, really good stuff. And I, I think, like, yeah, the, the fact that it took 10 years for, as you were saying, Darcy, Brian Baumgartner, to, to notice that Kevin Malone's faceplate was facing him uh, and that he, that was one of the things he took home along with his jar of M&Ms. Um, you know, he also mentioned uh, Ricky Gervais, um, you know, how uh, he, he had a conversation with Ricky and Ricky said that the greatest thing that he ever did for the U.S. office was nothing. Uh, and I think that's very true. I think the, the fact that they they really made it their own thing. They really yeah. brought it, uh, and and just went on to be so successful. Um, I thought it was interesting that that Kate uh, Flannery was not in the pilot. Um, I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't know that. Apparently, the woman they brought in for Meredith, um, Les <laughs> Leslie, said she was crazy as a road lizard. Uh, is the exact quote that I <laughs> had from him. Um, but like, you know, crazy. Uh, you know, Meredith. Um, we got to learn about how she didn't actually lick hand sanitizer, but it was gelatin. But they, but they, the, for some reason, the prop master put it back in the same bottle as the hand sanitizer. So, like, what difference rinse did it make? Rinse it, man. At least Awful. rinse the Awful. damn thing. So good. So God. good. Um, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. I think there was a lot. There were a lot of laughs to be had, and I think. Yeah, I think just the the lovely moments and sentiments of the fans just telling them, hey, you know, you are responsible for bringing so much happiness uh, in a lot of times. And I think a lot of people binge watch the show and, and some people for the first time during the pandemic. And I think that, um, you know, to be able to sort of bring light in that darkness is is a really important thing. Uh, and the last panel that we we checked out, Justin and I uh, got to check out the chit chat with Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, this was probably the shortest of the panels that we saw, and it was um, it was moderated. It was That's moderated. The thing. No Q and A. Yeah, there was no no Q and A. Um, no questions. And so, it was all moderated. Yeah. So they they kind of just focused on things like. You know, when did you get your start in acting? And and Charlie Cox mentioned, who, by the way, I totally forgot was British up until this panel. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like hearing his British voice, and I'm like, that guy's British. Um, but he talked about how he couldn't sing in in when he was uh, growing up in school, and but he was in the school musical, so they put him in the chorus. But uh, but he couldn't. Uh, he, he he wasn't allowed to sing. They told him not to sing. So he just standing there miming the words. Um, but that how you know he eventually got into Shakespeare when he was a little bit older. Uh, Vincent mentioned that he he grew up doing magic tricks uh, and started his own show called Impossible Possibilities. <laughs> Apparently, he had a little business card that he would hand out. Um, and then yeah, we learned like their favorite movies. Uh, you know, Charlie mentioned his favorite movies: Moneyball, Shawshank Redemption, Toy Story. And Hook and Vincent mentioned John Wick and Paddington 2, which I think is just a great double feature. Um, so definitely watch those back to back. But I think the best part about that entire panel, we got to see both of them try ketchup chips and all dress chips for the first time. Uh, and there's a clip going around on Twitter that you can find. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, they they didn't care for ketchup chips at all, um, but they really enjoyed all dressed chips. Um, of course they did. They're the best chip on the planet. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> better than ketchup? Ruffles all dressed for the win. I will agree yeah, with they, that. They are better than yeah, ketchup. They yeah, they are better than ketchup. That, I, the, there's yeah. a tang to all dressed that just can't be beat. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. Um, but that is it for the the panels. Um, for our, like kind of the final part of our discussion, um, before we kind of wrap, I, I did want to get into whatcha. Uh, and normally for what you, you know, we talk about what we've been watching, playing, reading. Uh, but in this case, uh, we're going to go to whatcha bought. Uh, and highlight some of the things that we were able to purchase with our money or lack thereof. Uh, and uh, Darcy, I actually want to kick it over to you to get us started. I mean, yeah, the, to me, it was the year of One Piece, uh, it seems. I'm really excited <laughs> for that show. So most of my purchases were related to One Piece in some sort of way. Uh, I st- we stopped by our friend at Miguel Molina at his booth where he has his wonderful series of you know, one piece pins and in, in locations from around, you know, the Geekiverse. So it was really cool to grab some some of the new things there and get a sneak peek at what's coming down the pipeline from him. But uh, one of my favorite pieces I picked up was from a, an artist that I've seen at previous fan expos. But by the time I see them or get to them, it's at the end of the, the day or end of the, the, the show and I don't have the money left to buy anything from them. So I made sure to stop by this year and I picked up a really cool piece from uh, uh, Kehasuk. Ke- Kehasuk? I don't know how to say his name or the artist's name, but 
uh, is a line called Musings, and it's all these deconstructed arcs from massive animes and stuff like that. And of course, I picked up his his Wano arc piece from the most one, uh, recent One Piece saga, and it is so incredible how much detail he's able to cram into these these pieces of art where he can encapsulate an entire story that's been like 200 plus chapters in the making and fit it all into one 18 by 24 piece. It's incredible. And then I also spent way too much money at uh, Tamashi Nations picking up a couple of One Piece figures for uh, for myself and for my friend for, for Christmas coming up. I was doing a bit of shopping early, so it was a lot of cool stuff to see. But like I said, most of mine was One Piece related, with the exception, of course, Layered Butter. But we all bought something there. So <laughs> We did. We all bought something from Layered Butter, uh, at least one of something. Um, I know for, for myself at Layered Butter, uh, and I think Kevin as well, right? We, we picked up the Barbenheimer unofficial poster by Sean Longmore. Uh, the poster that you've probably seen if you're listening to this, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's gone viral. It's all over Twitter. I think Barbie herself uh, has seen it. Um, Kevin, did you, that was the only thing you picked up at Layered Butter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's so good. And, um, this really is a year dominated by those two movies, uh, the, the the overwhelming success, not a, not just in box office numbers, but how good in totally different ways both of those films are. So it's amazing that the mashup worked as well as it did, and it's cool to have that beautiful piece of art to sort of commemorate what was the story um, in movies this year. So uh, that was a must. That was a must purchase. Absolutely, Justin. What'd you pick up? Um, well, most of my stuff that I picked up was from Layered Butter, actually. <laughs> uh, I picked up, uh, I picked up their, their Maxine poster, their 11 poster, which I thought were both uh, great additions to last year's. I, I think it was, uh, Steve and, um, Eddie, Joseph, Eddie from uh, Joseph Quinn's character. Um, so yeah, I now have the complete set. Um, I also purchased their Across the Spider-Verse, uh, poster set, the two, uh, that you display together, which uh, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, I, I originally I thought they were eight, eight I think eight by eight and a half by ten or or something like that, or eight and a half by eleven. Uh, they were supposed to be smaller uh, based on their website, but they actually came through and did like an eleven by seventeen. So it's a little bit bigger, but uh, yeah, I I did that, and then and then of course they sold me on uh, their uh, Godfather poster um i'm a sucker for a good uh 24 by 36 movie style poster uh, i got a, I got a bunch of them uh not displayed of course but uh stored uh <laughs> and um uh, you know godfather obviously being um one of the more iconic films for for hollywood and, and the studio system uh and and also this is a print that's you know it's in the academy archives it's the academy uh, sells it uh, you know it's it's something the oscars have revered as as one of their as a as a piece of art uh i now have uh a first issue uh edition from their their uh, personal collection uh which is uh cool so huge shout out to uh mark and the rest of the layered butter team you guys are dope uh really 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 cool and uh thanks for making some dope shit that made me spend all my money uh, but other than that, uh, I got a, uh, I purchased a uh, Roosevelt shirt, uh, one that I was eyeing for quite some time. It's their Beskar print. Um, I love it. It's so good. It's simple. I knew, I knew exactly what it was before I even read the title, and I, I saw the shirt a long time ago. Uh, so they brought it here to Toronto. So I was like, hell yeah. That is a immediate purchase <laughs> right there. So I bought that day one. So I did all my shopping on Thursday, in, in all honesty. After that, it was just... You know, I was shooting Thursday, but, you know, Friday and, and Sunday were all just was filming. I didn't get anything from Toronto Collective. I was so tempted to. The thing that I was looking at definitely got swooped up. So yeah. I'll just keep an eye on their website. But, yeah, no vinyl toys this year. I usually always mm – -hmm. it felt wrong. Like, I get, we went back on <laughs> Sunday, and I was like, I got to buy something. And then I was like, no, nah, I just don't see anything that's that's there, right? And you know, talking with the dudes from from Toronto Collective, it it's definitely something of of uh, uh, not a shortage, but just you know a tendency of what they can get and what they can't get, and you know that's always fluctuating given the fact that they are kind of a a boutique specialty store that you know in a lot of ways is is uh, such a, uh, a a a subculture point. Like they they do graph graffiti art, they they sponsor graffiti artists. You know, they're they're very much in the hip hop scene in Toronto. Uh, they, their, their culture of, uh, 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 at their store is, is so vibrant and so exciting. And, uh, 
you know, they want to only collect and showcase some really cool stuff. So uh, it's a shame I didn't find anything, but I'm, I'm checking. I'm still scoping out their website. When they get some new stuff, I'll probably snag something. Absolutely. And I, I you know, uh, I was it was funny because on the on the Sunday I was saying to, to you, Justin, uh, this is the only year that I think none of us have at least any of us have purchased a Funko Pop uh, at all. Um, and I was very proud of myself for, for, for that. And, you know, no shade to Funko, but like it's, it's getting a bit much with the collection of Funko, Funko Pops. Um, Kevin, you know, you also managed to, I, I noticed you picked up some lovely things for your home, uh, a couple of other art pieces. Anything you want to shout out? Well, I always say I'm not buying anymore. I'm not doing <laughs> any more art. I'm done. He literally said I'm not buying I... anymore, and then he turned the corner and he bought more. <laughs> And it went, oh, shit, look at that thing. Um, no, because, like, I hung up all the stuff that I've purchased over many, many years and conventions and just never really had room for it. But now that I have a basement that I can sort of turn into my geek geek den, um, I was able to hang it all up. And I went, nope, I got no more wall space, so I'm not buying anything else. Um, and then we did our tour of Artist Alley, and it was all over from there. Um, we didn't even get to into up... Artist Alley. You, like, as soon as like, no, you the cut the corner, you were right like, on the, She had a really primo booth. <laughs> spot and i saw this thing from about a hundred feet away that's how much it stood out um it's actually by an artist named samantha uh samantha anderson uh from one crafty mother uh and they do wood carving um picture like the signs that your mom will have in her yes. living room that say live laugh love absolutely but you know for the con and i know she does a lot of those for other styles of, of home shows and everything like that. But for these conventions, she's got a whole arsenal of nerdy um, wood-carved signs that are just super cool. So I think uh, three of us ended up picking up some pieces from there. I ended up getting a three-paneled, four-foot-by-four-foot uh, view from the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Oh. Uh, I'm hanging it up tomorrow. I'm so stoked to see this thing. Normally, I'm like, no, I'm not putting any nerdy stuff in my in my house, I keep that for the basement or my nerdy spaces. But this one is like this is going front and center in the middle of my living room, proudly hanging on the wall. I can't wait to see it. Um, but so she had a lot of great stuff, and her website is uh, One Crafty Mother. Definitely worth checking out. She's a Calgary-based artist. Just the most mm -hmm. like absolutely beautiful pieces, and like just so many. Like honestly, I would say out of all of the things we saw, the most um, giftable. I would say things mm -hmm. that we saw, yes. like just yeah. so many things where like, oh, my friend needs this in their kitchen. My friend needs this in their in their bathroom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I'm just I absolutely. Like Darcy and I bought something for our mom yeah. at that yeah. booth, mm -hmm. you know, like Which it's is awesome. like that. That's that's you can't say that often at a, a fan expo. And it's great, too, because it's like like you said, Kevin, she's she brought her her geeky game to this con and it really did pay off in a lot of ways because there's so much you know, geek fandom around Star Wars and Disney and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. So many nice Lord of the Rings pieces. Yeah, yeah. and she had some great authentic that just felt like, that felt more um, textural and tactile. You know what I mean? Like more interactive uh, than just prints. Don't get me wrong. There's some great prints and that's all I bought. But, you know, to have these sort of sculpted pieces that you know she's she's put together like that cockpit scene and i think it's as they're flying through hyperspace yeah right? like yes. hyperspace is happening so she had a beautiful one of hoth uh that was that was absolutely fantastic it was hard not to want to purchase that but like yourself i'm like where the fuck am i gonna put that <laughs> um but you know even her smaller things and and like these little quotes and funny things that are like from from movies or or uh, tv shows and just funny geeky little lines and stuff like that like i just I, I, I thought it was such a great way, as you said, to like bring something that feels like it's overly niche and conventional and just kind of adapting it for the sort of geeky fandoms that exist at uh, uh, Fan Expo. Yeah, for sure. It's making, again, it's not so in-your-face nerdy. It's yeah. more subtle and artfully done, just like those signs that, that hang on a wall in your mom's kitchen or whatever. It, it, it feels at place in a home and not so much in a geek's, you know, little basement like we have Kev. Yeah. so it, it's very cool to see that their geek is getting geekiness is getting to the point where it can be integrated seamlessly throughout the home and you're yeah. not going to ask questions well, yeah, he's going to be hanging a big piece in his living room right? <laughs> exactly so like, you know and then of course i also found uh an artist who i've i've never i don't think i've seen him uh in years past or at least i haven't noticed him but uh i instantly loved his style it's uh very 
kind of new new school tattoo art is kind of what uh, his mm-hmm. style looks like. And he had a, a picture of about uh, 20 uh, wrestlers from the Attitude Era. Um, and it it just, I that was a yeah. break halter. I was like, whoa, yeah. look at this piece. You don't see a lot of wrestling stuff at these things. Yeah. Um, and it was really awesome. And then just looking around, this guy is definitely like our age. He grew up with the exact same stuff that we grew up with and loved. Um, you know, so I got two wrestling pieces. I got, uh, some really nice, um, what were the other, what was the other pair I got? You got, uh, the Disney villains. Yeah. The Disney villains. Oh yes. The Disney villains. That was really, really cool. You had the classic villains and then the, the, the villains from the Renaissance era, uh, the, the resurgence of Disney in the nineties. Uh, and then I picked up a couple just random pieces. I mean, he's got this wicked one from the mummy. When do you see art from the mummy? Right. Like, let's go. That's such, that's an underrated favorite of mine from growing up. Uh, I honestly could have bought 20 of these things. Oh yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, I know exactly where I'm, I, I know exactly where I'm going to put them. And I'm sitting here looking at the spot and it's full of pictures. So I have to rethink <laughs> where I am fitting these things. Cause honestly, I was not lying when I said, I do not have any room, but yeah. I couldn't resist. I couldn't uh, resist. The artist's name is Jackson G. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's G E E is his last name, but so Jackson G.com. He's all over the socials go check out his stuff because yeah. he's got a really really cool vibrant style that i really like yeah i loved talking to him too because his art style is something that i would always want like aspire to want to like illustrate like and it's very um if anyone's familiar with like the comic book artist joe mad mm-hmm. um it's very um they're striking striking uh cartoonish style features that are done in a really seamless illustrative like anime style it's it's really great work and what i love is that there's there's a sense of character to the way he's you know capturing like some of the wrestlers in that attitude era or the you know the pre the pre uh pre-attitude era with like hogan and macho man that feel very character or ultimate warrior to a certain degree or even brandon frazier in that in that uh mummy one that you got was was pretty awesome so there's a there's a level of that but like you said like it's just it's so dynamic in the sense that it's just it feels like it's more than just a, a movie poster he he's a he's definitely someone who who grew up in the same sort of geeky fandoms as us because he like talking to him he was just like yeah I, I decided to do this because i grew up with him like yeah that makes a lot of sense you know like that's why yeah well and you know justin you mentioned that we you didn't walk away with a figure i was shocked that like i mean i i, I won a box of little kirby's uh, which was pretty cute, um, but but the um, but no, I, I mostly also did you know focused on art this year. Um, and again, shout out to Andrew Rodrigo Mark at Layered Butter uh, for for hooking us up with the Barbenheimer. I was so shocked to see it at the booth. Um, as we mentioned, Roosevelt's. I had a chance to talk to Mike from Roosevelt's. We're gonna have that interview hopefully up pretty soon. Um, and uh, and just you have to check out Roosevelt's if you haven't. The these shirts are some of the most comfortable phenomenal shirts like kevin let's just how many compliments did we get coming into the convention we decided to wear four of the same shirts which were the the london uh star wars celebration exclusive and we, we were all rocking it like it was our our bowling team uniform uh how many how many compliments would you say we got kev we were barely out of the parking lot walking <laughs> yeah. to the convention on the first day and we had a couple compliments yeah. uh you know and it just never stopped and they are really striking they're really visually appealing and you can see them so you can sort of make out what's going it was on, easy on them to find from a us. mile away yeah and so not only was it helpful to be like oh there's there's uh, one of the team members but it, it it did give us a really good cohesive look but no people were like where did you get those shirts uh, so i'm excited that we picked up another uh, team set that we can rock at a future convention, uh, we were a little hesitant to, to do it at first, or at least some of us were. But I think the, the gamble paid off because, boy, were we we were getting attention all day long, mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of compliments. It was funny, mm-hmm. and then we even got to meet a couple uh, a couple avid collectors who one of oh, them yeah. runs a uh, a buy and sell uh, resale site. Uh, I had no idea that there was this growing community of Rooseveltians that. Uh, you know, are are in on what designs are coming out and where they're from. I didn't know our shirt was worth, you know, more than twice of retail value. Let's go. These (laughs) things are, like, they are literally collector items that you wear, which is such a neat and different thing. They've got a really cool, unique shtick going on right now. Yeah, and I I thought that was hilarious. Like, it, it does make sense. Like, 
there is a sort of limited quality their their drops are sometimes you know like they they drop them and they see who you know how many they'll sell i think beskar actually went pretty quickly and i was like damn i missed it and they ended up doing a reissue of it right because it did so well um so like i think in a lot of ways it's crazy to see how the the collection i guess it kind of goes with like sneakerheads and hype beast sort of stuff but it's like geeky hype beast like i don't know like it's it's wild right so i I thought it was really cool they they went so far as to release not one line of exclusives but two separate lines where they had the star wars exclusives coming out on the Mm -hmm. three days and then they had their own you know a toronto-based print that it was you know the blue and white of our sports teams and it was really neat to see that i mean i did pick up four of the shirts because (laughs) i'm a sucker for roosevelt's they can take all my money but i got one from my dad who again is a diehard disney fan and, and just when we go to Disney, this is the perfect shirt for him to rock his pride and, and get complimented on because they're just they're so good. They are compliment generators, and every shirt I wear, I someone always has to mention it to me, and it's it's nice to be able to wear your fandom and get appreciated for it. Like it's yeah. cool. Well, it's a great way to connect with people, right? So oh, yeah. you know, again, as Nate mentioned, we'll we'll have an interview out uh, a little later this week with uh, the the head of communications uh, at Roosevelt, Mike, um, and you know huge thanks to him for taking the time to kind of chat with us but yeah we it was great to connect with it was just great in general to connect with people and definitely their shirts were uh a conduit of that do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like people were asking us who we are and, and and stuff like that um so it definitely was a a it paid off so and it helped a lot so yeah um yeah it was fun sending to people everyone. to the booth and being like tell them geek centric sent you um but, uh, <laughs> don't get a discount, no discount. but just tell them let them know that we sent you yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so you know we're, we're really digging it hopefully we can do some more uh with them in the future um i also want to shout out loth lennon um andrea tam uh she had a print um probably the saddest print i have in my collection um, but it's it's Littlefoot, and you know you were mentioning how often do you see the mummy uh, these days? How often do you see the land before time these days? But she had a Littlefoot. It's Littlefoot on a, on a like a cliff top, looking out over to the sky, and in the clouds, the clouds are the shape of his dead mom. <laughs> it's just it's equal parts nostalgic inducing and equal parts heartbreaking. Uh, so shout out to Loth Lennon. Uh, Andrea Tam uh, for 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 that one. Um, David Jones, David and Jonas, uh, and the folks at Raging Ape, though uh, I think are responsible for the biggest piece that I picked up, um, and a wonderful addition to the canvas that I got from them a couple years back of Miles and Gwen from Into the Spider Verse. Um, and if you can imagine like an Arizona iced tea sort of colorway it's 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 basically (laughs) them you know reaching out for each other uh in opposite directions on on a on a a canvas but this year you know to celebrate i loved you know across the spider-verse so much i had to pick it up they have an awesome horizontal canvas of miguel o'hara in full 2099 suit spreading his arms you know basically the length of the canvas uh and flying through the multiverse again with the same great color scheme they they pair so well together uh and so i can't wait to get them up on the wall um just because they look they look phenomenal and it's funny because i went up to that booth and i was like thinking i was humming and hawing and justin was just like all right he'll take that one <laughs> i'm like justin <laughs> but uh but no yeah raging ape raging ape always brings the heat uh every mm-hmm. single year and i know you know we we all have maybe a couple of their pieces um so we'll yeah. do our best to link all of these wonderful creators uh contacts and websites in our show notes in case you want to see the pieces that we picked up or buy some of the art for yourself uh but that is it for this week in geek this toronto fan expo 2023 recap we hope you enjoyed it, uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content we cover, well, let me just spill my vat of ooze all over Justin so he can let you know how to, how to reach us. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and if it's the ooze well, from the actual Fan Expo, like, I don't know how much hand sanitizer oh. is going to help. <laughs> oh god no i need to like douse my body in it uh well they can reach us at we are geekcentric at gmail.com that's we are geekcentric at gmail.com or uh if that feels like we're living in a sewer well you can reach out to us on the app formerly known as twitter at geekcentric yt or on instagram and threads at we are geekcentric 
And uh, you can also join us on our Discord and keep the geeky conversations going on over there. What was your experience like at Fan Expo? Write in, you know, let us know. Um, and that link will also be in our show notes if you want to join. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, uh, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Ahsoka Episodes 1 and 2, Only Murders in the Building Season 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Haunted Mansion, and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. We also have a ton of other interviews, uh, like our interview with the, uh, the cast and showrunner of Foundation, now in its second season. We have interviews with a ton of incredible actors, directors, and composers that you can go back to um, while we wait for, for all of these writers and actors to, to get what they're owed uh, and can continue doing interviews with them. Um, we also have footage from last year's Fan Expo with interviews with folks like the folks from Layered Butter and Raging Ape. Um, and we'll have our interview with Mike from Roosevelt's out soon. Again, thanks so much to Mike and the Roosevelt's team for talking, taking the time to talk with us about these incredible shirts and all the geeky fashionable prints on them uh you can find that interview and all these interviews uh that we've done over on our youtube page at youtube.com slash geekcentric uh, as well as some clips on our socials we'll also have some fun fan interactions that we had at this year's convention where we asked fans kiss marry kill some of their favorite characters uh, so you can look forward to that on our socials as well soon uh, and lastly we are continuing our weekly watch club uh during the month of august and beyond uh for star wars Ahsoka every single week with episodes releasing on Thursdays or Fridays, uh, each week covering that series in full spoilers. And I cannot wait to keep watching this show. I'm so stoked. Uh, it's, it's honestly, it's, uh, it was the number one thing that we were kind of bringing up with people as we were walking around the convention. So go give all those episodes a listen. Leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Kevin, Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this Fan Expo recap episode. And as we say, love ya. Laters. Get home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>